Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. Your adventure awaits. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about unmasking your three biggest fears. You know, the, the title of this actually just scares me, <laughs> even saying it. I don't know, maybe because Halloween's coming up. I don't know. Un- unmasking your three biggest fears. It's like it makes me feel um, I'm going to be naked. I'm going to be, uh, uh, I don't know, unmasking your fears. It sounds terrifying. I took a completely different perspective. When when I looked at this topic, I was like, all right, you know, there has to be research out there on what's behind the things that scare people and how we can turn it around. Yeah. So let's um what what exactly when when um when we say unmasking, what exactly does that mean? Is it do you do you mean revealing? Do you mean um dissolving? What's unmasking fear? So when when I unmask things, when you take the mask off, you're showing what's really there, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's start at baseline. What is fear? What, what do you think fear is? Uh, I, think it's, um, I think it's our way of protecting ourselves. I think it's, uh, it has to do with um, um, this um, fight or flight thing activated due to previous uh, hurt or unsafety. Yeah. It, yes, you're absolutely right. So that fight or flight comes from our nervous system. And because of our evolutionary history, we are hardwired with negativity bias. So negativity bias just draws our attention to that which is negative. And fear is actually an emotion. It's an emotion just like any other emotion out there. And it's an emotion that relates to the unknown. Mm-hmm. Does that make it less scary for you? Yeah. I mean, I think when you say emotion, because I started thinking about other emotions and what I know about emotions are they're temporary. They're not They're temporary. Constant. Yeah. Yeah. But when we think they're- about fear, we think of them as um, constant sometimes. You know, I'm afraid of whatever you're afraid of. You know, maybe you're afraid of intimacy or relationships or spiders. It seems like it's a constant. That's something that we carry always. It could certainly seem like a constant, and I think that lies up against the statement, feelings aren't facts, really well, really, really well. So, you know, let's just take feeling afraid of the dark. If you are afraid of the dark, you're afraid that somehow the dark will hurt you, presumably, right? And then the, the facts are, does actual darkness hurt anyone? No. That's not, no. that's, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it doesn't. So but it's, when the, we're... it's the unknown, it's the unknown, I think, is what, what people are afraid of, the dark. Yeah, the yeah. And, and so when we're thinking about it, okay, so fear is an emotion. It's a feeling. It's a feeling that trips us into having emotions about the unknown. And when we're thinking about this from a coaching perspective, how to coach people through fears, um, how to coach people through fears in order to reach their goals. It's so interesting because the only thing that is guaranteed to keep your life uh, exactly the same as it is now with no change, no growth, and no progress is not trying. Mm. 
Yeah, and you know what's sad is people don't try uh, because their fear is overwhelming. That's true. That's true. And that's true. when people get stuck. That's when we kind of create our own prison, and then we just kind of exist instead of truly live life. There's a definitive list of things that keep most humans from goal accomplishment. It was developed by Edwin Locke, who's one of the great theorists of goal accomplishment out there, especially in the world of grit and coaching. And I was surprised when I checked out this list of the things that really keep people from doing things based on fear. And it's there. It, there's like 10 things. Um, so let me let's take it in chunks of three. So the first three are fear of change, fear of telling the truth and fear of being wrong. Mm, interesting. Telling the truth. I, I didn't. I, that's kind of surprising. It is surprising. Yeah. And, you know, then the next three being different, thinking for oneself and fear of failure. Mm, yeah, fear of failure is obviously a big one. Um, being different, I could see that. Did you say thinking for oneself? I did. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Are you ready for yeah. the next three? Yep. Fear of disappointment, fear of mm -hmm. disapproval, and fear of being hurt. Yeah, those obviously. I can relate to all of those. Interesting. and Because I, I relate to none of these. Um, oh, really? <laughs> no, I'm not afraid of any of these things. And that's why I was kind of like, wow, interesting. So um, the, then the last three are fear of being vulnerable, fear of things that are new, and fear of standing up for one's values. See, those I'm less afraid of. Like, I'm not yes. afraid to be vulnerable. I'm not afraid of standing up for what I believe in. Um, and what was the third one? Standing up for your values. Values, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and that may have t took a while, but I, I think those I'm, I'm, I'm lo a lot less afraid of than than some of the other ones. You know what was interesting to me is that a lot of these things I used to be very afraid of. What what made you overcome the fears that you were afraid of? The thing that changed for me was actually taking massive risks in life mm. and learning that I didn't have to be afraid. By giving yourself a new experience? By giving myself a new experience. And I think, too, the more risks that you take in life, the more that you push through fear, you develop greater integration with the self. And so let's just take, you know, being wrong, being different and thinking for yourself, right? So those are things that used to scare me, but I've taken enough risks that I've come to rely on myself enough that, you know, I, I fully admit I am different and I love it about myself and I'm totally okay with being wrong. And actually I'd prefer to be thinking for myself because I have found that I'm right most of the time <laughs> right <laughs> so i'm totally cool there and then you know things like fear of failure being disappointed experiencing disapproval you know those have all come true for me mm. and i'm still standing yeah. and so it's kind of like when we're when we're using this as a coaching intervention we want to get people to think critically about the times that they've taken risks and what's actually happened, whether it's been a positive or a negative outcome, they're still standing. Yeah, and I think it's uh, a lot of us taking what happened and then putting 
distorted definition and meaning on those things. You know, so like, for example, um, I don't know if you if you're studying for the bar and you fail the bar once. Great. If you fail the bar twice, what does that mean? Usually when you fail it twice, now it means you're a failure. You can't do this. Well, you know, like all you collapse. Right. Um, and then there's people that take it three, four times and pass. So um, it depends, I think, on the individual's uh, definition of what it means, uh, you know, the what the what the the failure or fear or whatever it is what that means to them specifically it's so interesting that you use the example of passing the bar and i have um i have both a fun fact and a personal antidote to go with this one so there's actually a tipping point with regret so if you try something and you give it all your might and it doesn't work out that regret and resentment will linger for a couple of years. And I thought that 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 was so significant to bring to folks because, you know, change happens, but it takes years for for things to really cement themselves in a new fashion. So it makes a ton of sense that regret or resentment over something that doesn't work out like a marriage or a job or, you know, whatever, um, takes a couple years to work out of your system. Yeah. But the regret over not doing something, of not trying something, of never, ever, ever giving it a shot and giving into your fear lasts an entire lifetime. Mm. Yeah, what a great reminder. If, if, uh, if you're listening to this and you're at that crossroads or that fork in the road where you're like, you know, I'm, I'm scared to do this, whatever that is, uh, being not doing it is what's going to follow you more than actually doing it and not quote unquote succeeding. Yeah. And my grandpa's a great example. He is 101 years old and he went to law school. He took the bar once, he failed it, took the bar twice, he failed it, took the bar a third time. And he said, if I fail it again, I'm not going to try anymore. I have six kids. I have to figure this out. And he failed the bar a third time and he never went on to become a lawyer. Mm. So now at 101 years old, that's a massive regret of his. He talks about it. Every kid that came through our family as a grandchild yeah. was, you know, are you going to go to law school? Are you going to fulfill my legacy? It was a fixture. It was a prominent fixture in my childhood. The fact that he wanted to do this and never did and then wanted everybody else to go on and do it for him. Yeah. He wanted, he wanted to pass the baton, pass his uh, yeah. baton. So he carried that, right? That obviously manifested in, in probably a lot of ways in him, him uh, his own beliefs about himself because he didn't pass the bar. Yeah, absolutely. And and when we really look at the research of, okay, why do people behave this way? Why do people give up? Why don't they try? It's all about the experience of short-term pain. People are um, more afraid of short-term pain because they think that short-term pain will feel worse than feeling winning will feel good. Mm. So what do you do? Um to convince yourself that it's not about the, or to, you know, to override the short-term pain and to take the risk, um, to, to lean forward, to, to, you know, make the decision to go all in. What do you do to do that? Well, I think the data helps because if we're looking at that list of things that hold people back with fear, it's also, um, the exact same list of things that propel people forward in life. 
taking risks, change, yeah. telling the truth, yeah. you know, being different, thinking for yourself, failing a couple times, learning how to live with disappointment and disapproval, getting hurt, being okay with it, being vulnerable, being okay with it, trying new things, standing up for your values. Those are all of the things that create really strong, um, you know, internal growth and, and strength at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, a lot of people who want to become life coaches, um, one of the, the things I see the most is, is fear. Uh, uh, they want to do it. They feel kind of compelled to. It lines up with their story. Uh, they have a genuine passion to help other people, but there's this huge fear wall. Exactly. And so if we're looking at that fear wall, that fear wall is the number one thing that will guarantee that your life will stay the same. Well, not only that, but if you stay on that side of the fear wall, then like your, uh, like your grandfather, then you carry what never happened. And this happens, uh, like, and also happens in relationships. A lot of people who are um, afraid to really be vulnerable, afraid to, um, you know, make that commitment, or, or, or maybe it's afraid to uh, explore and try, try different types of love experiences or whatever. And, and then if, if you don't, then, you know, you, you have to carry that. You're left with an incomplete self. Yeah, yeah. Or, or a giant wondering, not a good wondering, but a bad wondering. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, you know, a lot of this research comes from end of life stories. And it's usually when folks are at end of life that they start running through the laundry list of all the things that they wish that they did. Um, what we don't see is folks saying, wow, I'm so glad I was complacent. I stayed in that office for eight hours every day and never took risks and did my job and didn't really take my vacation time and didn't really have complex relationships. And I don't really know what the world is mm -hmm. like. Cool. You know? Yeah. And this is one thing that I, I'm really trying to work on. Um, just saying yes to things, even if they scare me or I don't really want to do it. Um, you know, whether it's like, uh, uh, climbing a rock in Malibu or um, I got invited to uh, a, a party. Uh, I, I got invited to, to be on a podcast, but in order to do that, I have to go to this party, which is kind of strange. Um, and of course, I don't want to do it. I don't know any of these people, blah, blah, blah. But I just said yes, because I want to put myself in situations where I can, you know, be less afraid and I'll realize that, you know, whatever it was, it wasn't that bad. So, you know, whether it's social or physical, um, making a conscious effort to just keep leaning into new experiences, no matter what, you know, because you're usually wrong. You, they're, they're actually not that um, scary um, or you'll find that they're actually pleasant. Yeah. So let's take that example of the party because I think it's a really good one. You know, if we're leaning into the premise that it's all about short term pain, that there's something that you want to some sort of short term pain that you want to protect yourself from, what would you want to replace that with? If I want to replace the short. So with so this party, I mean, I love parties, but I don't want to go to this one because it's a party of strangers. I'm not going to know anyone. And, you know, it's judgment. It's in I think it's in the Pacific Palisades. So I'm judging the people and the type of people that will be there and then that brings me resistance and then i'm you know why am i even doing this what's the point and then i get mad that i have to do this to be a guest on a podcast right so <laughs> so it spirals yeah absolutely i'm wondering i'm wondering if i'm if you would be able to approach this from a stance of curiosity and say hey i wonder what this crazy house looks like i wonder who these people are going to be I wonder what their story is and how they got sure. there. That um, that curiosity, I think, uh, definitely helps because it'll make me 
want to f- want to find out. <laughs> want to find out, you know. Have you experiencing um, any shifts as we're kind of rolling around with it a little bit? Um, I think curiosity helps. I think there's uh, also um, ego in this idea that I'm putting in my head that may not be truth that you have to kind of like audition to, to you know, you, it's like going to the party is the audition to possibly be a guest on a podcast. So oh, that's there must be some ego there where I feel like why I haven't done that before. Why do I have to do it now? You know, a transactional. Life. Yeah. Yeah. But the truth is probably um, this person wants to engage and socialize with his potential guests. So the podcasts are better. So they have a so he has a connection with them. So um, there's networking involved. And the truth is the party's probably going to be catered and amazing and uh, another excuse to ride my motorcycle and all of that stuff. All of that stuff. And you know what yeah. I find um, as I've, you and I have kind of both been in podcast land is that I, it's been really fascinating and interesting folks. I've never met a host that I haven't been really excited about. Yeah. What a great reminder. That's true too. And um, that's something that I should definitely to remind myself, and that should be on the, on the forefront. That should be the uh, the emblem of of the hood of the vehicle that I'm driving, meaning uh, going to the party, knowing that there's going to be interesting people here. Yeah, there are going to be interesting people here, and it, it'll probably be very cool to talk to yeah. them. So here's the thing. Once I give myself that experience, right, because this is where um, my road forks, this is where I could decide, oh, I don't want to do this. What's the point? Like, all that stuff. Dread. Um, and that'll just, you know, cement older patterns or force myself to do it, give myself that experience, knowing that that's going to dissolve, um, um, possibly fear and other things. Um, but also it's going to create something new and, you know, Noel was just talking about internal shifts. It could be a micro shift, but that shift, if you have enough of them, then you start creating a new path and a new life and making new decisions, giving yourself new experiences, which then, you know, gives yourself uh, new beliefs and all of that. Yeah. And it sounded like you had an aha moment when you started thinking about the folks that you've met on other podcasts and that they're really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Because it's true. I mean, you know, every conversation is interesting. I like... I like that. Um, so, uh, if you guys haven't noticed, Noel coaches me through our podcast once in a while, and I <laughs> and I like that. If you if you listen to her language, she does the uh, I noticed, and then she's curious about my curiosity, or she's taking a flashlight to what's the process that I'm going through, and that in itself is super helpful. That is uh, coaching. It's coaching, and it's also um, you know empathy. I'm in a similar situation to you. I can imagine what it would be like for for me to go to that party, and and I and I understand those feelings. I remember when I was living in LA, and there would be a random event that it was like, oh hey, go here, and I was like, oh holy shit, you know what fresh pit of hell am I walking into, and what's in this room, what's behind those doors, and um. I get it. And I, I think we're both introverts, right? Am I right? Um, I'm kind of an off the charts extrovert. Oh, are you? Oh, that's right. You are. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I can be, um, I can be, uh, extroverted. I, I have social skills, but, uh, at the end of the day, I, I, I think I'm an introvert. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I could talk to a wall. Okay. Well, then it's easier for Noel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It is. So I will leave us with um, a really interesting quote from JFK that, you know, there's this, there's this consideration where there are costs when we take risks. But the cost of the risk in front of us, aka short-term pain, is often far less impactful than the long-range risk and cost of doing nothing at yeah. all. And most people know this, but they don't execute it. Yeah. yeah. So guys, start executing yeah. what you know. Have fun at that party, John. <laughs> I'm going to go for sure. Thank you. Be well. <laughs>